This is Sullivan Stories with Tom Castle, and our special guest this week is Brandon Orozco. How you doing? Doing pretty good, Tom. Good to see you. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, you were on the Dennis Sullivan when? I think that my first year on the Dennis Sullivan was around 2010 or 2011. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> what did you? What positions did you have on the crew? Um, I started out as a deckhand and then uh, remained a deckhand. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, up rigs, down rigs. I got you know. Can, weren't, can... weren't you doing some en- some engineering stuff? Or I, I remember you making tools or, or something. Does that sound uh, just familiar? Uh, just hobbyist stuff along around on the boat? But no, not really. Not much in the engine room. Uh, I was always much more interested in rigging than anything else. Ah, and what are you doing now? Where are you? Uh, right now, I'm living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, and I've been doing stagehand work for about two years. Ah, well, so. it's hard to it's hard to count time, but yeah, everything is like a year to eighteen months off because of COVID. I think it feels really strange. Yeah, and how long have I been doing what since? You know, I spent a year not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> And so basically you went from ship rigging to theater rigging? Uh, no, I went from, after I left the Dennis Sullivan, I moved to Denmark for a little while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So while I was sailing tall ships, um, I met my first wife, um, who was sailing on Picton Castle while I was sailing on Pride of Baltimore too. And then we did a long distance thing for an unsustainable amount of time. And then eventually we got married and I moved to Denmark. Um, we lived in just like the cutest, uh, like little Harbor town in Denmark. It's in Western Denmark. It's on Limfjord. It's called Strua. If a Dane heard me say that they would not know what I was talking about. Cause I'm oh God. not saying <laughs> it right. Strua. Yep. Um, but an adorable little town that had like a little wooden boat society. So they had a fleet of maybe a dozen boats between 10 and 30 feet. Um, And for a hundred dollars a year, you could join the wooden boat society and it gave you access to like a beautiful boathouse and wood shop. And like, you could sail like these wooden boats as much as you want to all summer. Wow. Yeah. And like, I don't know if it's the best way to do it, but it was all like, like all horizontally managed. So like, that hundred dollars gives you like full membership in the organization. And, you know, now you own all of these boats. That's um, fantastic. Wow. So yeah, I was working for like a little industrial company in Denmark that was like expanding their operations. And I was like building up their workspace for them, doing carpentry stuff. And then on the weekends, I was sailing these cute little boats around the fjord and, you know, running aground on shoals and eating oysters out of the out of the water and going on beaches and having little bread and meat snacks and oh. you know, it was it was dreamy. <clears throat> oh, boy, it's a damn tough life, I tell you. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What what uh, kind of boats were they? What what they look like? So they're a shecht and. These this is the style from Limfjord, so it's a Limfjord shecht. Um, they're clinker built, 
V bottom hulls. And uh, most of the time, like they carry a small latine rig on them. Ooh. So the sails just like, it's just a bed sheet, but wow. yeah, there was a video that went around, but it was a small boat sailing in Norway and it was a Norwegian style shecht. Like the four deck is slightly different, but you got to see this little shecht with a two person crew, just like sail through like the narrowest rocks with just like an inch of clearance on either side. Ooh. Ooh. But yeah, you know, it's like a small enough boat where like, if you'd, if you know, if you know your sail handling, you can squeeze it into some cool places and you can just go up on a windward beach and shove off a couple hours later. It was awesome. It's fantastic. How did you get started in sailing anyway? Um, so I got started in sailing, being a young punk in Chicago. And it was like, you know, still like the 2008, 9, 10 recession. Hmm. And I was working every bad job that I can find. At the time, I was like working at the carnival. And I got like, when you work the carnival, you're working all weekend. And then on Sunday, when the carnival's over, you strike the carnival until like Monday afternoon. And then you get Tuesday off. And then Wednesday, you're starting to put up the next carnival. Oh, okay. So it was like a Tuesday and I was on the Metro train from like whatever Chicago suburb I was in back home to see the girl I was dating at the time. And I was just flipping through business cards that I had in my wallet. And there was a business card for Crowley's Yacht Yard. Ah! So I called up Crowley's Yacht Yard, <laughs> told them that I wanted a job. They asked what kind of job. I said rigor. Um, and like just my luck, I, and this is like unfounded rumors, but the rumor has it that the woman that was working HR hated the guy who's running the rigging department. <laughs> and was just trying to hire a bad crew that year. And I got to be a part of that bad crew. <laughs> so for folks that aren't in the Chicago sailing area, like Crowley's Yacht Yard is like the premier boat yard in the region. And like I, I've all known of Grant. I've known Grant for years, actually, from, yeah. the, from the Maritime Museum. Yeah. Oh, don't, my God. Don't bring me up around Grant. <laughs> 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 so it's funny because, um, you know, so so I got to I got to do, like, the spring uprig season. And when the spring uprig season was over, they were like, all right, Brandon, like, good working with you. That That's all for now. <clears throat> yep. Years later, I went back and. There was one guy who he was in the yard department and like now he's like the crane operator for the rigging department guy named Brian. I like him a lot, but uh, we were getting along swimmingly and he remembered me from when I first worked there. Nobody else did. Everyone else was gone. Nobody else remembered me, but he did. <laughs> and like there was like a sky to halyard or a Windex that needed fixing or something like that. And Brian goes, yeah, Brandon, why don't you just kick off your shoes and climb to the top of the mast? I was like, now nah, like we'll go get a bucket. I was like, but I could do that. I have done it before. He was like, I know. I've seen you do it. <laughs> I was like, what really? He was like, yeah, the last time that you were working here, you kicked it off your shoes and you just scared up the mass of a 27 foot boat. I was like, God, I should have been fired for that. And he goes, You were fired for that. They didn't let you work here for eight more years. <laughs> 
Oh God! But after, after so after that upbrig season, then I, uh, one of the guys there got me a job working on the water taxis. Um, so you know, I I got to work with Chris LeBlanc and a whole bunch of other people that you oh. also know. Yeah. And then while I was working on the water taxis, I started volunteering on the Windy. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I wasn't sure whether I met you on Wendy or on Dennis Sullivan. I don't think that we met until I was already working on the Dennis Sullivan. Mm. Yeah, <clears> I think <throat> I left Wendy in 2009, I think it was. So this this would have been right after you had left. But, like, you know, well, I was working with Aaron Wilhoff. And... Yeah, who's married and has a kid now. Good for him. He's the best. Isn't he? Yeah. Just like Absolutely. one of the best people. Just one of the best people I've ever met. Yep. Um, but I think that, you know, Aaron would just talk about you all the time. So whether or not I met you in Chicago on the windy or whether it was on the Sullivan or tall ships, Chicago, there were quite a few of those, mm -hmm. sure. but yeah, yeah. I remember you <clears throat> as definitely in Dennis Sullivan. That's... Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I've, I've, I've always, you know, I've, be, I've become more professional in my older age, but <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a bit of a tough employee. I've always had a bit of a bad attitude. <laughs> he used to have kind of a bad work ethic. And uh, you know, eventually I got fired from, from the Wendy. And when I got fired from the Wendy, um, I like, you know, really wanted to work on the Dennis Sullivan. Uh mm -hmm. I worked I worked with uh Colette Emanuel oh, on yeah on the windy she was trying to get married so she wanted to save up money and she felt like she could make better money on the windy oh that's right yes mm -hmm. so her her husband nate was working on the dennis sullivan at the time and after i got fired colette was like oh we'll just get you a job on the dennis sullivan and then like my mind started spinning and doing all sorts of fun things so like i sent off a job application to tiffany and I heard that she didn't get my job application. So I sent off another job application. She was like, I didn't get that one either. Try it again. And then I just started sending off job applications like over and over again. And I started being like, well, maybe I'll just send it. Like, here's another email on the website. Like, I'll, I'll just like send it to like Discovery World in case that'll get it where it's going. And then I think whether it's accurate or not, whether my memory's accurate or not, whether she was exaggerating. I think Tiffany said she got something like 30 job applications from me <laughs> that like people were just like coming by and like dropping them off at her desk all day long. Persistence. Persistence. Yeah. But like, you know, that's a good quality. That's not a, it's not a bad quality, <laughs> you know, especially on a job like tall ships. Like you want some to, it's enthusiastic, <laughs> excited to come and do the work. Well, it's it's become over the last year a very um, entrenched tradition on Sullivan stories to talk about, <clears throat> you know, things you wish you might have done differently or um, because one of my standard questions is, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? No notes. I, I wouldn't change. <laughs> no, that's. That's a harder question to answer than that. Um, 
Most people say something like, I don't know, patience, or I wish I asked more questions, or I didn't realize how easy it was to get into the tall ship industry. Like, I don't know. It's And it's something that I'm always working with. I just left a job on January 30th, the middle of the day, but like, wish I probably uh, would have gotten along with folks a little better, been a little bit less difficult, a little bit more often. I don't know. Yeah, it depends. It's but I don't you know, know. Every ship, every crew is different, and then you're different every year. I think too. So, yeah. And it's like a you know, it's, <laughs> and it's always like the combination of personalities. But oh, most definitely. Mm-hmm. So when you get when you got into sailing, um, what resources helped you start out? And I've I've had people talk about everything from books to uh, to movies to people they met. Um, uh, Nate actually said the book that really helped him get into tall ships was Anthony Bourdain. Hmm. And traveling he's, stuff. He and started, he's, a, he's a cook. He started out as a cook. Yeah. 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 Now that, that makes a lot of sense. So I think that like when I was at Crowley's, I had ended up with a copy of Royce's sailing illustrated. Mm. And I, I, I sort of guess that like, I, like came to learn like how much I love nonfiction, especially stuff of like a technical nature and just like any book about like showing rigging diagrams, Mm. showing different diagrams, having explanations, put an equation on a page. I think that's neat. Um, But I was very passionate about knots. Um, Like ever since I was a little kid, like when I was in Boy Scouts, I got, like the Boy Scout knot book and mm. devoured it, like learned every knot. And then all through tall ship sailing, like the ropes, the rigging, it was always what I was interested in. So Royce's Sailing Illustrated was like one of the first books that like really got me into stuff. And then uh, Marlin Spike Sailor by Harvey Garrett Smith. And then oh, yeah. Yeah. when I found his other book, Arts of the Sailor, um, it just like had like a lot of just better content in it. And then I've always had like a PDF of the Ashley's book of knots, but only in the past, I think, I think last Christmas, uh, my wife, Kate got me a hard, like a hard copy of it. And she was like, incredibly surprised that I'd never owned one before, but like even the PDF, like I've read the Ashley's book of knots, cover to cover i feel like i feel like i know the guy oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. definitely and um who was it oh um darcy lever the other one was oh the, yeah that was one um i think it was sam sycamore or somebody gave me that one to begin with when i started on friends goodwill mm-hmm. and that was the perfect book for that for that boat it was absolutely amazing and uh brian tossed the riggers apprentice i think was the first one <laughs> I bought in the schooner days. Now, you know, Brian Toss, right? No, I've only met him a couple times, like at shows and conferences and stuff, but that's it. Okay. Um, I like went out to volunteer on the adventurous. Oh, it was like the, so I had done like a fall season on the windy and then I did most of the next year. Um, and that first winter I went out and volunteered on the adventurous and they were doing like a big, they were rebuilding the counterstern 
it's really cool to see mm. um they were like it was like a whole they were replacing planks they were doing a bunch of caulking they were replacing the counter stern it was huge super awesome brian toss was there helping out with some of the rigging projects and i had looked at his book and i remember saying to like somebody i was like wow like that's brian toss like he's great and they were like yeah he knows he's great and then like i like went and met him i was like oh i like read your book i really liked it and he was like oh thank you and i was like so like what made you like write your book and i remember he like had said something like you know, I just had this gift and eventually uh, I got to a point in my life where I just had to write the book. And I was like, oh, that's what the other person was talking about. Uh, that's kind of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, oh, Brian Toss's book is great. I've always I've always had the dream of like writing a knot tying book as well. I've like when I was like living in Denmark, like I kept like a piece of string in my pocket. And if I ever found myself like out at a bar and everyone was speaking Danish, I would just pull out my little piece of string and like tie rope mats. Um, and in Copenhagen, there's Hilla is her name, but she has the sail loft and it's like not much bigger than like my apartment. Um, and they sales, they sew sails for square riggers in it. Whoa. And they say that like the thing that limits their capacity of what they can sew is like the height of their ceiling. And it's like in a garden apart. It's like in a garden store, garden storefront. Um, but like when they've piled the canvas, like all the way up to the ceiling and the entire sail loft is like full of like folded sails. Like that's the biggest sail they can sew. But but they but they sew all of their sails like just off of like drawings and measurements and they don't spread anything out. It's like not what I've seen anybody else do. No. Um, and then only when like a sale is done, they like take it out through the front window of the store and they'll take it to a park and they'll like spread it out and just like give it the thumbs up and then send it off. Wow. Yeah. But I remember being there and getting to talk with them and like that was great. And me and my ex were in there and like, they like loved having us. Like they like sat down and stayed after hours and like, let us tell sea stories to them. And it was just like, it was like a dream come true. There was like a rope mat on the wall. And I was like looking at it and I was like, okay, I could probably tie that. And then a couple of days later, I was out at a bar and pulled out my little piece of string. And I was like, how'd that rope mat go? Was it like this? Yeah. Kind of like that. And then <laughs> paging through books, seeing like, walking past like a rope mat on a wall and being like, I could tie that and tying it later on. Um, I don't think I can do that anymore, but there was, there was a while where it was all I was doing. I was closing my eyes and seeing fancy work in my dreams. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So who are the, the mentors that you had in, in any of those worlds? Um, when I was sailing on the windy, like Colette Emanuel, like, took me under her wing and was like a dear friend through all of that. And she thought I was funny and weird and put up with all my antics. And she was right. Yeah, right. And she was, she was right. Yeah. <laughs> but Colette's always been great. Um, me and me and Jimmy McManus don't get along so well anymore, but you know, when I was, uh, when I first joined the Dennis Sullivan, me and him got along really good and he showed me everything that he that I'd sit and listen to. And that was great. Admired Tiffany for years and years. Um, 
in Chicago, whenever I wasn't sailing, I was uh, working for a carpenter, a guy named Frank Versiglio. Um, he's an old dear friend of mine these days. But yeah, you know, as far as mentors go, there's a handful of them. Cool. What's a, What do you think the, your biggest failure was and what did you learn from it? <laughs> My, my sailing career, my sailing career. <laughs> it can be. Nah, no. Um, no. Well, my biggest failure. I think it just came. I think it was just mostly ruffling too many feathers and being a little too difficult to work with, a little too often. Um, getting getting enthusiastic about the wrong things at the wrong times and being a pain in people's butts. Ah, uh, where's that? There's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a stage. It's a stage. Yeah. Once during morning muster, Tiffany told me she had a dream that she drowned me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What tall ship myth would you like to debunk? Ah, what tall ship myth? Mm -hmm. There are no tall ship myths. It's all true. (laughs) Perfect answer. I like that. Yeah. That's my answer. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, in the, in the in the words of Jamie Trost, it's a uh, bad luck to be too superstitious. I don't know who he got it from, but he's who I heard it from. <laughs> oh, uh, I yeah. got I, I got to say on, on Pride of Baltimore too, and you know I'd be out of line if I didn't say that. Like, I have nothing but admiration for Jan Miles. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like, what an experience to get to work for him. Um, and you know. The rumor is that like every year he's been getting consecutively nicer. So, <laughs> so like, you know, we spend the whole uprig season with just like him, like yelling at us. And then like some of the old crew, like come around to like say, Hey, and you know, they say, say hi to Jan. And then like, after he leaves, they're like, wow, he's so nice this year. <laughs> he's so much nicer than he was last year. And then like, you know, like, we all leave. And then like the next year I go on the boat and the crew's like, you'll never believe it. And we're like, what? He says, good job at the end of the day. And we're like, Oh my God, <laughs> that's unbelievable. And then also when I was on sailing with him, the boat had gotten hit by a tornado. We were in um, Virginia, wherever they have the Blackbeard pirate festival. We were there for that. A tornado like came right across the Harbor and like, hit the boat like through a boat yard that was sailboats all tangled up in each other like it was like pretty rough and like my experience was like oh like we put everything under the deck and then we all went under the deck and then the boat leaned over and then it leaned back and then the tornado was over and then we had to fix everything but like every single morning like he would like wake up in the morning and like join us for dinner and he'd be like all right so like because the boat healed over this much and under bare poles i know this boat heels over that much with this much wind, we can determine that the wind speed during the tornado was this. And you're like, wow. Like he just explained like the whole tornado. And then the next day he would like explain more of it and be like, I was reading about tornadoes and I I learned this and that. And like now I know this much more about it. And just like I was like, all right, well like now he's explained the entire tornado. Like that's everything there is to know about tornadoes. And then just like every day he would come with just like a deeper and deeper understanding of like the event. And it was, it was real impressive. I love it. What advice do you have for people that are interested in sailing, um, either professionally or as a volunteer? Uh, do it all the way. Um, like 
skip out on your rent, burn all of your possessions, break up with your girlfriend, and like just like just sail and like go anywhere where anyone will let you sail. Like keep your expenses low and just like make sailing your entire world. Okay. <laughs> no, like, you know, it's um. It's extreme advice, but like, I mean it. And like, especially if you're a young person, especially if you're a young person, if you don't have like a career path in mind, like, you know, you get paid peanuts working on a tall ship, but like, if you had an apartment that put you right on the lake, right on the ocean, right in a Harbor, if you had to pay for like the access that you get to the boat for all the fresh air, for all the scenery, if you had to like pay to go on like a vacation, like you can't replace it. Like, I don't think you can live better than you can on a tall ship. Most of the times you even got to cook Tom. Like if you add up all the material wealth that is just sort of included in the package, you live pretty rich. I totally agree. Between, uh, between performing and sailing, I always say that the retirement plan sucks, but the perks are phenomenal. Yeah. I'm just hoping for societal collapse by the time I need to retire. Seems like I might have backed the right horse on that, <laughs> the way things are looking these days. Oh, man. Hey, what does the term shipmate mean to you? Um, it means a lot. It's a huge one. Um, like it's, uh, you know, your shipmate's got to be primo and you got to be secundo. Like you got to, if you ever don't have something in your hand and you see somebody coiling, like you untangle the line for them, you feed them the line. If you're going to help him at all, ever, like you do whatever you can. Can you do, I only have one more question. Yeah. If you can just say, what's your favorite Sullivan story, whether you were in it or not? First one that comes to mind. I, I don't know if I should tell the story of sleepwalking in the middle of the night underway. I feel like that's my answer. <laughs> well, thank you, you, you Brandon. Can... <laughs> Thank you, Brendan, for being on Sullivan Stories. <laughs> if you're a pastor, crew, and professional crew member. I would one like second, one hear... second. Here's one that I got. It's okay. It's, it's a red story. Uh, a little bit of another piece of advice for somebody who's started in tall ship sailing is like, if you're in a new city that you've never been in and you get lost, maybe you've had a couple to drink, overindulged a little bit. It's not hard to find your way back to the boat. You just got to go downhill. I do want to hear more rock stories, but we'll do that in the next yeah, in the next episode. Walked uphill. He went the wrong way. Uh, uh, oh, one God. time in Milwaukee, walked downhill and made his way to the Milwaukee River. And his trip home took him forever. I definitely know that rule and have, um, have used it. Poorly and well over the years, for sure. But, it usually works. But, Brandon, this has been absolutely awesome, man. Thanks for being on Sullivan Stories. If you're a past or current professional crew member who would like to be on the podcast or just have a story you'd like to share, please write me at tom at tomcastle.com. It's T-O-M at T-O-M-K-A-S-T-L-E.com. Brandon, thank you so much, man. Stay in touch. Have a good day, Tom. Good to you, see you. You too. Take care. Ha, ha, ha.